Welcome to the Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter Podcast, where we highlight all of the great coaches of the Pacific Northwest. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Sorensen, Jason Jarrett, and Kelly Gow. Hey, Fungo Banner fans, welcome back to another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banner Podcast. I'm Eric Sorensen here, going to be joined by Jason and Jason Jarrett and Kelly Gow here any moment now as we bring you another episode of the Pacific Northwest Fungo Banner, and we are fired up to bring on Cole Brocker. Cole is the sports psychologist for the Boris Corporation, and if you are into the mental game of baseball and trying to make sure your players can handle life outside the game and also handle failures in this game, it is the perfect interview for you to listen to. A lot of great insight, doing it with the top athletes in the world. And it, it's just a fun conversation with Cole. So we're fired up to bring him on. Big thank you to our sponsors, Max BP. Go check them out at maxbp.com. They also own Frost Gear and Heavy Swing. Frost Gear, you guys, we're going to need it. It's the springtime in the Pacific Northwest, and things are not warm. So it's great to keep you warm, through your coaching staff warm throughout the throughout the season. Heavy Swing Bats, one of the top heavy swing bat trainer on the market. Kelly loves it with their guys and what they're using it for. And excited about them safeguard out of the tri-cities if you're coming to ellensburg this weekend for the washington state baseball coaches association we will be having a few giveaways and it'll be stuff made by safeguard it's going to be awesome you'll really like it and hope your number gets drawn and then devo bats go check them out devobat.com and this is the last episode before the clinic not for the season but before the clinic and as i'm releasing this if you're driving to ellensburg right now listen to the fungal banner we're fired up to see you it's not too late if you can get here uh, we will be taking registrations at the door. You can still register online uh, at allstatebaseball.com backslash clinics. And it'll be two days of baseball talk brought to you by high school coaches and everybody experiencing the same problems and the great conversations. So go check that out. Check out our socials. And for you that are going to be there, we are so excited to see you here in Ellensburg at Central Washington University. It's going to be a good time. So without any more talk from me, let's go ahead and bring on Cole as we talk the mental game. All right, Fungal Banner, we are back and fired up for our next guest to come on for this season, and we are excited to announce Cole Brocker, the sports psychologist for the Boris Corporation. Cole, thank you so much for taking time today to come on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. So the first question we ask all along, because, I mean, we are the Fungo Banner, what is your favorite fungo? I don't have one, and I know that's not going to be too on brand with this podcast, but I got I got some references in here. The only thing I'm worse at than hitting a fungo is probably throwing BP. You don't <laughs> you don't want me on the ramp throwing BP. I'm head hunting, total pitcher, can't hit the strike zone, got to put some pace on it, got to throw a couple breaking balls. Uh, fungo, not a good one either. Um, I'm going to wear out that infield. Uh, I'm going to hit some people, line drives, send them into left field. Not not my best thing. So we're, we're lucky if it's just catching barrels with the fungo. There you go. Absolutely. Well, talk us through your, your path and playing baseball along the way and then your role in the coaching and then your role into where you're at now. Yeah. So not to get too long winded with this, but like I grew up in the middle of nowhere in, in, in Wisconsin, I uh, was always good at baseball, loved baseball, just not a ton of opportunity to play baseball there at the, at the time. It's a little bit better now, but um, wanted to play, wanted to play in college. Didn't really like the options I had. Uh, so I walked on at a, 
at a community college in, in Sacramento, Sacramento City College, um, just so I could play you around and like see if see if I can get anything out of this, see if it's for real. Uh, got a lot better while I was there, which was my introduction to sports psychology. Um, my head coach there was very big into sports psychology and led me down the right path. And I saw a ton of improvement physically and but mental game had a big part to play in that too. Um, got drafted out of there, chose to go to Oregon State instead. Spent two years there, uh, went to the World Series in 2013. Um, and then didn't get drafted again, but kind of kind of grinded away, did some some workouts, played indie ball for a little bit, uh, got signed out of there, uh, played two years with the Braves after signing out of indie ball. Um, got released by the Braves, went back to indie ball for one for the rest of that season, and then signed with the Cubs um, after that season and spent two years with the Cubs on the shelf, fixing my elbow. And then that was it. Um, that was it for the playing side. That was kind of my transition into coaching. Once I got released, I just wanted to coach. That's baseball was what I knew. Baseball was what I was good at. Um, was never talented, I, I, I would say. And that's not just like a, a humble deflecting thing. I was never really talented. So everything I got, I thought I would be able to share. So that's why coaching was, was attractive to me. I was trying to get into pro ball coaching, didn't really work. Um, so I would just sent out an email to pretty much every division one school in the country. And uh, a couple of them got back to me. And one of them, I ended up getting a pitching coach job uh, at Murray State in Kentucky. Um, and then just did that season there. The coaching staff got rolled over and then I got introduced to Kelly and <laughs> coached at St. Martin's for a year. Um, and then while that season was going on, someone reached out to me about doing this job. And that was my seamless transition into leaving coaching, but still getting to kind of do the work just in a different way um, on, on the sports psychology side. Something I get into more, but I'm a little bit more passionate about the, the, the psych side of things than the pitching side, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Like I like, obviously I like playing. So. Absolutely. But that's the, uh, that's the bird's eye view of the whole timeline. Nicole, uh, yeah, could you talk to us a little bit about your your role with the Boris Corporation and and uh, what, as a as more as a sports psychologist and what your your ins and outs or and what you do on a daily basis there? Yeah, so basically, I'm, I'm I'm a resource. Just to to put like one word to it, I'm there to be a resource for all the clients. What that means is different for every player, whether it's um, guys in college before they get drafted, if it's a uh, performance issues that I'm talking about, if it's just well, what I do is just staying close to, to guys that are prospects that we want to continuing to, to mature, mature on the field, mature off the field. Not that I'm teaching a bunch of lessons, but building relationships to stay close to them. Um, so when we do need to talk, um, some guys like to talk a lot more than others, uh, and, and that's, it doesn't make a difference to me. Um, some guys really want like pitchers. Some want, really want to talk before and after starts, all of them, all season long. Some I will meet for spring training, have a 20 minute conversation with, and that's all we're going to talk the whole year. It's completely okay. I'm, I'm there to be a resource, not to set up presentations, not to, to teach you a bunch of stuff. And it's there if you need there, if you want, and then there, if, people up above me tell me I need to stay close to somebody. That's to, to sum it up. That's probably the most generic I can be. 
Cool. To add to that, what kind of conversation, like even like for more like in a high school coach, what what is kind of that best approach with that particular athlete? Um, is it more just talking about maybe the day to day routine, or is it dive right in? Like you know, how, how are you mentally on on the field? Yeah. How does that begin? It can be it can be a million different places. So I'll start with one, like talking to your starting pitcher the day of that, and and this can apply to hitters too. Don't get me wrong, but like talking to them the day of the performance, we'll just start here. We have a plan and I'll just for like a pitching standpoint, I want, I want to be aggressive. I don't, I want to attack with every single pitch. We can talk for an hour on what the details of the plan, but I want to attack with every single pitch. That's the plan. This is what I'm entering, whether this lineup is good, bad, whether it's going to be more curveball than fastball, whether, you know, all that stuff to me doesn't matter in terms of this. It's I want to attack with every single pitch I'm throwing today. When my back's up against the wall, I want to attack. When I'm, you know, when I'm going good, I want to be attacking. When the green light's on, I want to be attacking. So that's that's our plan. We're talking to them or I'm talking with the guy before their start. That's their plan. This is what we're trying to do. Now what's going to try to get you off the plan? Something's going to happen always, every start. There's going to be like once this season, you're going to show up and things just fall into place. Did you wake up today hoping that today is that day? Because that's we're getting off on the wrong foot if that's the case. Something's going to try to get in the way, whether it's a rain delay before you even start, whether it's a bad first inning. I don't want to walk. I don't want to walk the first guy and then go double. But it might happen. How do I want to respond? So what's going to get in your way, and how do I want to respond to that? Those are the three things: plan, what's going to get in the way, how do I want to respond. So that's how I'll talk with guys, bring them through the starts, like based on the. The starts that they've had before, I watch them. I stay close. I know like what what they've been going through the last few starts. Okay, well you're probably going to be thinking that I don't. I walked six guys last last time. I don't want to walk anybody today. I know that's going to be in your mind. The thought's not the problem. The thought getting you off your plan is the problem. That's what we want to talk about. The thought getting you out of attacking is the problem because I want you to go up there and attack. If I'm worried about throwing balls, if I'm worried about if I walk this guy, it's three, two. I gotta, I, I gotta make sure I don't walk this guy. Cause I don't want to walk this guy. You know what I'm not doing? Attacking. I'm not giving the best version of myself on that pitch. So my plan is to be attacking with every single pitch I throw. I know it's, it's an easy sentence to say. It's a very tough thing to do for an entire game, but that's the plan. What's going to try to get you off your plan and how do you want to respond when that happens? So to answer your question, like that's, that's how I'll go. And that's, how I would start talking with pitcher. That's how I would talk with the guys in the lineup. I don't know what adversity is coming our way today, but I know it's not going to get me off my plan. I know that's the only goal I have today is to stay on this plan and nothing's getting me off of it. Is there a time where attack isn't the right word for a guy? Maybe you got like the high strung guy that's like, like yeah. always running on red. Like, do you ever try to use like a different phrase for him to, yeah. to get him more centered and focused? Yeah, I'll answer the question, then I'll give a story after. Yes, um, how I would say it, like, guys take that, I need to clarify a little bit afterwards, because they'll come out just guns blazing. Like, I had a conversation with a hitter, and I, I was watching his game, and he went 0 for 4. He saw four pitches mm. the whole game. So I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, man, after 0 for 2, I'm like, I got, I'm got. i going to talk with him after the game. Like, I want to make sure this is clear. He called me before I called him. He's like, that was the best I felt in a month. Like, that's exactly what I needed. I just missed, you know, two warning tracks, just missed it. But, like, that was exactly the the change that I needed. So, 
Yes, but what I when I need to take it further, I'll I'll clarify and use like, are we aggressive out of clear or are we aggressive out of fear? Like I want to attack out of clarity. I know what pitch I'm throwing. I have a plan for it. I don't care if it's a ball or a strike. I know I know I have a plan for this. I have an intent for this specific pitch, and I'm attacking the hitter with it. It's 2-0. I'm throwing the fastball, but I'm attacking him with it. I'm still going at it versus attacking out of fear. Same thing with a hitter, but attacking out of fear, I'm just going to throw as hard as I can. I don't want to get hit. I don't want to get a walk. So I'm just middle, middle, throw as hard as I can. One is not an intent. That's I'm throwing hard and it's aggressive, but it's hope. I'm just hoping things work out. I'm not attacking with a clear intent for this sing, this singular rep that, that I'm trying to do right now. Does that, that make sense? Absolutely. Again, it can be a 20 minute conversation on just that, but I think that's something guys really respond to after they get the initial, okay, yeah, I've been passive. I've been hoping things go. So I go and attack. And then when we need to narrow it down a little bit, it's specifically about that attacking with that single intent for this rep. The other time, the, the story I have, um, international pitcher had to talk with a translator to translate this message. And it was like a month that we had been talking about it. And finally the translator says, attack. You want him to like hit him? <laughs> and so <laughs> the word for, for him that got translated was like physical. We're gonna fight. Physical attack. <laughs> so I had to kind of work yeah. our way around. But like, no, 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 no. Let's not that's not what we're talking about. It's not like physical fight. <laughs> it's up here, clear. I'm trying I'm trying to make sure that this is I'm being aggressive with this pitch. <laughs> One of those things. There might be a time to physically attack. Yeah, yeah. happens. I'm not gonna pitch a good game doing that, but you know, no, no, yeah. not, not gonna get you too far. But uh, that's good. Um, I mean, a lot of what I'm hearing so far, I mean, we're just getting into it, but yeah. um, it's it's trying to stay with a process mindset. Yeah, um, you hear to, one to be, time. Like everybody yeah. knows that we've all heard it, but like, what does that actually mean? What does it What does it look like? You know, define what one pitch at a time means for a pitcher, what one pitch at a time means for a hitter. And I take that to what approach do I have every single pitch? What's going to try to get me off between the the one one count, the two one or one two? I'm going to be a different. The stimulus is going to be different two one than it is one two. I can't be different. My plan can't be different. My tactical plan can be a little. A little different, you know. As a pitcher, am I throwing curveball or fastball? Am I going in? Am I going out? That's you know different than what I'm talking about. But I intend to be aggressive and attack with every single pitch that I have as a pitcher, and quite frankly, on offense too. It's the same thing. I don't want to sit and wait. I don't want to wait and see what he's throwing. I don't want to wait and see you know what can let let the count fall into in, into place, and you know then I'll go or wait until I get the favorable count to go because then I'm not ready. I'm thinking my way through an at bat and I'm not, my thinking brain isn't good at that. My athletic brain's really good. When they try to tell you to get out of your own way. That's for me, that's what it means. Get your thinking brain out of the way. Let your, um, let your athletic brain be aggressive. And how you do that is I'm ready to attack every single pitch. Might look stupid. I look stupid from time to time, but I'm ready to attack every single pitch. Tangent, one more story. Had a guy had this conversation with over lunch and then he goes to, big league spring training game last year and they walked the bases loaded two outs walked the base loaded and three straight walks out of them i'm like i already know where this conversation is going and he steps in and i'm like right now 
am I going to attack? Am I ready to attack this first pitch? Because I know it's a bad baseball move. Or am I going to say, I'm going to wait till he throws a strike? He's, I'm going to wait till I, I'm going to wait till he throws a strike. I don't want to do the bad baseball move. You know, I'm trying to make a good impression on the coaches. First pitch gets the fastball, splitter, splitter, strike two, strike three. Best pitch you had to hit. I'm, mm-hmm. Not that this happens all the time, but like you need to commit before you go from the on-deck circle to the plate. I know I might look stupid. I might look like a bad baseball move, but am I willing to sacrifice playing the game the way that I want to play, the way that is the best version of myself? Am I willing to sacrifice that to not look stupid? If that answer is yes, get in the box, tap the plate. I'm ready to attack this pitch. I'm ready to attack this pitch. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how does that no. – the balance between the, the the process and the mindset match what the situation is what mm-hmm. the pitcher is doing uh you know the type of pitches he has what you know what the game calls for yeah um and, and i guess I, I guess what to your point like we can always attack with what we're trying to do run our second base no outs yeah. like i can attack a fastball yeah. way right like, i can be ready yeah. to be aggressive and i know i'm bunting this pitch I'm ready to. I'm not committing to it that just like no matter where it is, I'm bunting. But I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm attacking this pitch with the job that I have, the intent that I have. I'm attacking it. If it's if I'm expecting it to be inside and I got to push it on the first baseline, I'm ready to react because it's my athletic brain taking over, ready to do its job. And it is far better at doing it than my thinking brain is. Well, that's good, Cole. You know, I, I kind of think about the 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 whys and the and the whats, right? I mean, how much does that come up in conversation? I mean, we don't think about those little simple things. This is, you know, why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. And also compared to what am I supposed to do? Right. So every coach is, has the, the what and everything they say, but they don't explain the whys. Mm -hmm. And I think we just kind of have this expectation that every kid goes out and they should know exactly what to do on point, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And I can take that even 10 times deeper because you're absolutely right. The, the why I'm doing a drill, the why I'm bunting him over to from, you know, why I'm bunting on the first baseline to get the guy from second to third, why I'm doing all these things when they know it, they understand it. But why am I attacking every single pitch? Why am I not waiting for the count to dictate what I do? Why am I not waiting for the pitcher and situation to dictate what I'm going to do? Why am I not? This It's a bit of a longer story, but like this is what I talk with guys a lot about actually. And, and, and it's not like motivation, but it helps give you clarity to why I'm really trying to do this. Like I was a relief pitcher and I can remember like this, this was a pretty, this, a big moment for me in my career. Two different times in a season, I blew a save and took the loss. Two different times are both walk off home runs. One, I th- I'm clear, I'm attacking, I'm, I'm going at it, hang a curve ball, walk off home run in extra innings, you know, I'm mad, obviously I'm not happy, but like I walk, I walk back to the clubhouse, I change the shower, I get out of here. I'm ready to go the next day. I show up, tell the coach like, hey, give me the ball again. Like moment wasn't too big, like I'm, I'm ready to go. Other time, uh, not feeling good in the bullpen. First pitch, one out, great, I'm done. I got the save, like we're good, we're rolling. Ball one, ball two, ball four, walk, walk, single, walk. It's just, it's just not going good and they took, two pitches into that ball one, ball two. I'm trying to go inside and on a guy that probably can't hit that good. Try to go inside again, miss. Then it's, what do I got to do? Like fix this now, fix you know, the, the the check engine lights on, the, the panic button's going. What do I got to do? I got to fix this. And right there, I lost my, lost my plan. 
that got me off my plan. I'm no longer attacking. I'm no longer being aggressive. I'm hoping this curveball lands. I'm hoping the fastball goes in the zone. Right there, that was enough to get me off my plan. Lose that game, give up a walk-off home run, uh, feel terrible in the bullpen, or I feel terrible in the clubhouse. I can't look my teammates in the eye type thing. Uh, show up to the yard the next day and coach my shoulder hurts. I need a day. You know, didn't hurt. Ego hurt. Not that I lost. I lost in both of them. So what's the difference? Why am I why am I attacking every single pitch? Because of this. My my body told me in one time, you're attacking, you were on plan, nothing got you off. That's being the best version of yourself. You lost. So what? Other time, you were not the best version of yourself. You let that get in the way. You let that get you off your plan. You lost. And it's gut-wrenching. Can't look myself in the mirror type thing. You know, I we all have that feeling. So for me, that was the, once I realized that the common difference was one, I'm on my plan, I'm attacking, I am being the best version of myself. It wasn't good enough today. Other guy was better. So what? Give me the ball again tomorrow. So that for me, why am I doing it? Why am I attacking every single pitch? Why do I have this plan? It makes logical sense. But for me, like from an emotional standpoint, playing a long season might be different for, for high school level, but I'm playing that way because I know down like in the deepest part of my of my being that I am being the best version of myself and I, I will withstand failure when I am doing that. And when I'm, when things are going good, nothing's going to get me off. I feel really good about myself and the snowball gets bigger and I keep going. So long winded answer, but that's the deepest I can go. Like, that's why, that's why we play this way. That's why we play this game. And that's how we overcome adversity. It's how we overcome hurdles. Um, yeah. You know, to, uh, uh, you know, I'm just thinking, hey, this is good, Cole. I mean, it really is. But uh, I was just thinking, you know, how, how do you get a, an athlete um, into that? I mean, there's got to be a, some type of a particular training, right? I mean, is it writing uh, these things down as a reminder daily? Is it kind of uh, looking in the mirror, repeating these certain words, you know? Um, is it, you know, dialoguing with, you know, guys like you? or certain you know team guys on the in, in the dugout those kind of things what are the things that you can because i think everything that we do as individuals you, you make it you know repetitive it's, it becomes a practice right you, you start mm -hmm. thinking negatively you're going to start living negatively. you start thinking positively you're going to start living positively so it's you know how you look at waking up you know I, I wake up every day and i'm ready to attack both feet are on the ground let's go like, give me the challenge I'm going to face. I'm going to do my best to conquer everything it's set in front of me. And I preach that to my kids daily. I mean, I was mm -hmm. talking to my daughter this morning at breakfast. It's like when I'm coaching her AU team. And I'm saying, hey, how much you guys believe what everything I'm talking about? You know, they had to go to a high school varsity basketball game on Friday night and write everything, the positive and negatives of both teams. And I said, how much does that help you pay attention to the details of the game? Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's starting to make me think differently, Dad. Mm -hmm. I said, is you think your teammates are picking up on that? And she's like, absolutely. So what are the things that you suggest to some of your athletes that you work with that would help them? For me, it's it's pretty simple because like we need to talk about this stuff. Because a lot of the a lot of the work with that that I do with players, whether it's in season and their performance is struggling, or even if it's even if they're not struggling with performance, it's I know what they're going through because I lived most of it. So it helps me relate and know the thoughts that they're thinking that they're not telling me or they're they're thinking this thing and they're not really like telling themselves that they're telling themselves a different story to try and make myself feel better so i can probably a lot like what you're doing with what's good and what's bad about the other team i can tell you you're what you're telling me here's what i'm hearing 
here's what I'm hearing. You're thinking this way. And that like opening up is the first time that they can look themselves in the mirror with, with clarity and address what's, what's actually going on. And then we talk about it more, talk about it more, um, talk about it frequently. That's, that's how I work. It's not so much writes, write stuff down. Uh, guys like that guys journal. I, I got my own little version of journaling if we want to get into it later, but, um, guys write stuff down, but I, they're also apprehensive about doing too much. They don't want to overthink. They don't want to think their way through outings. So I need to, I walk on eggshells around that on how it's, uh, not more to do, not more to think about, but how to see what you're actually going through with clarity and address it, you know, in a matter that's going to get you on the right path, the path that you're looking for, instead of what you're doing is largely burying your head in the sand and waiting for the storm to blow over. Um, I know that's probably not the, the best answer that most psych people give, but life isn't, it, guys want the checklist. They want, let me do this, tell me what to do, do this, 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 and this, and you're going to be mentally tough. Things aren't going to bother you. It, it, your performance is going to get better and life just doesn't work that way. So it's, yeah. it's nice to, to use some of these things to try to educate, but, um, for me and my job, it's, it's about getting you on the right path. I don't know where it's going to go. You don't know where it's going to go either. It could go so much farther than you ever know. But the point is to get you on the right path, to get you in the right mindset. And then we're going to try to keep you there as long as possible. You're going to put your head down and go as hard as you can. That's good. So when you first start working with a guy and you kind of talked earlier about how, you know, you might engage with a guy once the start of the year, throughout the year, all that, but is, is a lot of times when you, before you have that engagement, is it kind of a backstory with a guy that you're provided with? This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. Well, this is what he, we mm -hmm. think he can do. Um, or is it just kind of a blank, you know, here's a guy we want you to check in with, take inventory and go whichever way you want to go with it. I'd say 50, 50, um, like it's spring training and we got 20 guys, let's say from the, the most recent draft class that I'm going to meet with. I mean, I get some background on them, but we're starting at square one. It's going to be an introduction. Just here's what I do. Here's how you can use me. Don't have to use me. Here's how other guys use me. This is what I'm here for. And that's, that's the introduction. Whereas the other half is probably in season. Um, I will get the background from someone. Here's what the conversation I had with them. Here's what I think he needs. Here's what I want you to talk to him about. Um, here's what I think is going on. And then to answer your question, the very first thing I talk about is, here's what they told me is going on. You tell me, tell me in your mind, what do you think? What do you think is going on? What do you think the problem is? How do you think the solutions are going? What are your coaches telling you? What do you, what do you basically like, here's what's going on. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what you're trying to do to fix it. And we're just going to go from there. Maybe you're telling yourself a story that isn't, that isn't right. We're going to fix that. Maybe the solution that you're trying to do to fix what's going on would be something different than what I would suggest. So we'll talk about that, but that's pretty much it. Intros or what's going on? How are we trying to fix it? Middle of the season, you want it to get better. I want it to get better. Everyone wants it to get better. So let's try to get you on the right path. Do you get pushback at all from guys? I mean, it's sort of those like initial mm -hmm. conversations, like I don't need this guy. I don't need your help. Like, is there ever any of that kind of you know, guys spiraling and he's trying to figure out himself and fighting himself so hard that he can't even look to, to ask for help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
even when I get called in um, to do it. Yeah, it's happened. Happened a couple of times last year. There's guys that will refuse to meet with me. It's okay. You know, I can't, I can't force this down you. And I can't, the team can't, uh, our, our agency can't, you know, if you don't want, if you don't want the information, you don't want the information. If you don't, and to go even a step further, guys that do listen, but don't, you know, don't put it into play. Don't want to put it in play. Don't want to try something new. Um, yeah, that's why it's tough to evaluate. It's tough to evaluate this stuff from a from a coaching standpoint. You can have the talk. How do you know if they put it in play? <laughs> you know, right? Um, something I did for. I did like a, a, a topical presentation for for someone's youth baseball, and they wanted me to ask about or talk about body language. And so this was kind of a pivot question that I had for, for coaches. It's like, what is body language? I'm going through the whole thing, but what I summed it up as is body language isn't a message that you're sending to your coaches on how you're thinking. Body language is a message that the back of your brain is telling the front of your brain. It's telling when you're arguing balls and strikes, it's telling you I'm not good enough. It's telling you I need everything to go my way in order to succeed. It's telling me that I can't handle a wrinkle in adversity. It's saying I'm not good enough to deal with this adversity. I need things to go my way or I will not succeed. And that's the message. And then I'm like, I kick it to the coaches. I'm like, so you're going to have this conversation with them about body language. How do you know if the body language is good? I'm talking about respond when you have the thought, like, how do you want to respond? How do you want to respond? I want the response to be better. And I said to the coach, like response, a correct response doesn't mean they get back up there and throw a strike correct response doesn't mean they get back in there and do the thing that we're visually trying to evaluate the, their job description is, did they just respond properly? Did I get back to attack? I can attack and still, I can, I can have it on a two Oh count. I feel it. I respond, right. I get right back to where I want to go. I'm attacking with this fastball and I can still throw ball three can happen. Probably does. So how are we evaluating if they actually put into play what we asked them to it's subjective. We don't know, but that's why, being honest with with them, you know, me being honest with my players, me following my players and their outings and kind of walking through the details of it. I, they can trust me, I can trust them. Um, and I think that's what you guys as a coach, if we're gonna talk the mental game, like understanding exactly what I'm evaluating. Did, did you respond? When you, you, you looked like you looked off in the 2-0 count, saw you step off, saw you take a big deep breath, like what were you thinking? What'd you do? What, what happened on the 3-0? Like, man, I really tried to attack. I just, I just missed. Okay, great. Great. Let me reinforce that. Like that's, that is your job in terms of the mental game. Yeah. It's ball three. You're going to end up walking a guy, but that's your job. That's what I want out of you. That's what progress looks like. That's toughness. It's not that it didn't bother you, but you knew your response. You put it into play. Now entering from the bullpen. Well, that ends part one with Cole Brocker, the sports psychologist from the Boris Corporation. And I know you liked it, so let's let's do us a favor and please get out there, share it, send it to somebody, get on the, the iTunes or the, the Spotify, and please rate it, review it. We love when people review our podcast. It helps us out, helps you out, and helps spread the word of baseball in the PNW. Big thank you to Max BP. Go to maxbp.com, frost gear or heavy swing at checkout. Type in PNW banter for 10% off. And for orders over $499, you will receive a $50 gift of value. And thank you to Safeguard. Like I said in the beginning, they will be the stuff we have to hand out the coaches clinic this weekend. 
February 9th and 10th here in Ellensburg. Safeguard will have made that for us. And also thank you to Devo Bats. And then for you guys that are on your way to Ellensburg right now, we're fired up to see you. We can't wait for you to get here, get to the rec center on Friday night and be in the pavilion on Saturday. It's going to be good. If you get lost, just look for the guys in the polo shirts that have Central all over them, and they'll get you where you need to go. Any any questions, please reach out on our socials at all. And, again, thank you for everybody that that follows us and shares us and is part of the Fungal Banner family. And please, please get on there and rate and review this podcast so that we can just keep growing it one more listener at a time. So, well, let's – have some fun this weekend. Good luck to all the colleges. I know our, our co-host right at the moment, Kelly, he's in Hawaii, opening up the season up in Hawaii. So good good for him as we're sitting here in cold weather. So, But good luck to all the colleges that are open up and high school guys. We're just a few weeks away. We'll be back next week with part two.